Hello? Hello? Welcome to tonight's episode uh, from the streets to the pulpit. I am your host, the number one, Mr. Quick, and soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight, we're going to talk about why is this going on. I know there's been a lot of events that has taken place since we've last spoken. I know that emotions are running high. I want you to know that we are listening. And we want to help. So let's sit down and come up with an effective plan together. After we have organized, strategized, mobilized, and exercised, maybe a change will come. But first, we must know why. So please, tell me why. Good evening. Hello. No, welcome. So why is this going on? Why why are we uh why are we out here like this? I would assume that we're tired. Tired of being treated like Slaves, tired of being treated less than, tired of being disrespected, tired of being killed, tired of being just tired. I mean, it, no, I quite can, honestly, I can understand it, that. you know, it's how else would you express? You know what I mean? If you sit back and we've sat at home and cried long enough, and don't get me wrong, prayer changes things, you know, but. But faith without works is is what dead. So I mean, I'm not saying that the people who are looting are, you know, is the right thing to do. But those who are silently protesting, I mean, there there's enough negative articles out there. You know, don't get me wrong, but there are places where the silent protesters are being effective. Um, and mm-hmm. when you have, you know, when you have, you know, I'm protesting along with, you know, my white sisters and my white brothers, because truth be told, that's what we all are under God. Mm-hmm. We are all sisters and brothers. So forget the color for just a minute. But when when all people are coming together protesting, protesting um, be it silently or chanting, but being effective in such a way when you have, Police meeting them in the street and kneeling, they've achieved something. Because now the other side understands that these injustices continue to happen and that if you don't come and unite, if the police don't unite with the citizens, then there will be no change. I agree. And, and you know, the funny thing about all this is it almost seems like the police aren't, it's like they're their own race or their own culture. You know, they're not, they're not human. They're not, 
black or white or Hispanic or what have you. It's like they're their own. Uh, yeah, they may move. But until it hits the air, <laughs> then they realize that it's red like everyone else. See, my whole thing is, and in all this, when there have been civilians who have drug police to safety in a, in the midst of this, it wasn't about it was a humane. It was you, you know you wanted someone to exercise human decency at that moment, but you we are here because you guys haven't been exercising human decency. You're talking about irony. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, and here I know that, that people people are who they are. So you're a clan mm-hmm. outside of your uniform, you can be a clan when you get in it. Point blank period. There ain't no if ands but if ands about mm-hmm. about it. Um if you are a, a good soul before you become a cop, then you're going to be that after the fact, you know. So I, I say that saying that, you know, I, I, I want to say that leadership has a role um, in it because they allow these extremes. They allow extreme measures in order in the name of justice, so you will. Um, the problem is, is that the lines are blurred. They, it's, it's like, it's like children. You know, you, you allow them to um, get their own dessert after dinner, and you know, you, you tell them to get one cookie, and, and they've gone back for more when you're not looking. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like that. You 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 give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Um, and then when they do take that mile, they they don't get reprimanded. You know, for instance, the the, the guy that pulled the kid out the car. You know, one he is an absolute child. You know, twenty years old is is still a child. Um, two, you're dragging this boy by his feet. There have been, and I say that to say that that cop probably has teetered that gray area for a long time and wasn't reprimanded for his actions. And then the other night he went too far. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So I think part of it is is leadership and not reining them in when you see them, you know, is 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 like you know, all right, now you, you keep on going to that edge. Now I'm going to tell you, you, you know, they're not giving them that warning. They're patting them on the back when they get, you know, when they close a case or they make an arrest or what have you. They're patting them on, on the back in the name of justice. But they're not addressing that gray line that this cop is teetering. And then when you have something extreme happen, such as it did the other night, you got an absolute fire them. Because mm. it is unacceptable. You see what I mean? And so part of right. it is leadership and, and probably, you know, training or lack thereof. Um, and then part of it is just who that person is. If he was an ass before he put that uniform on, that uniform is going to do nothing but intensify that ass. Absolutely. Because it's going it to give him a power that he doesn't have any otherwise. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's Absolutely. like... 
you know, it's like Mr. Incredible, you know, when when he's in his uniform or, you know, when he's in his Mr. Incredible uniform, then that's who he is, or Superman, you know what I mean? It's like when they're in their suits and their glasses, then that's who they are. But then they put on these uniforms, and all of a sudden they get this burst of adrenaline, this burst of power, and they think that because of that, they're bigger than the rest of us, better than the rest of us. Right. I I agree, and that's the part that I really, I really have a problem with. Um, I like I like consistency myself. Um, but before I get into on mine, I'm gonna let my twin get in and express his sentiments. Twin, welcome. Appreciate it, twin, and and I agree with everything Miss Quick was saying. Um, it it is an issue on many levels. Um, starting with leadership, and and I think leadership is where it starts at because you can tell that some of these cops or police officers were never held accountable. Um, People probably knew they've done stuff, but they always turn a blind eye to what they did because they're the brothers in blue. I'm not going to rat on them or tell on them. I'm not going to be the outsider in the police precinct and even though I see they're doing wrong, I'm not going to say nothing. And you keep allowing the person to go the wrong way and not be held accountable for the actions, they become that person that I'm invincible. Uh, nobody's going to touch me. I can do anything, and uh, even my department's not going to do anything or, or discipline me for my actions. It makes them really uh, feel like they have the autonomy to do anything and everything, and there's nothing and nobody who's going to uh, touch them, they discipline them, or make them accountable for anything, which is why you have stuff like this go on, because if your leader is turning a blind eye to it, and as Ms. Quick said, patting you on the back when you do good, um, you know, you, you can say, hey, I might well keep doing this. Everybody's like it. Nobody's going to hold me responsible. It's just like a kid. If, if I could keep getting away with doing this and doing this and mommy and daddy's not going to discipline me, I'm going to keep doing it. And right. it's just one of those things with leadership where you have people doing things and no one's holding them accountable. And then you have these people who then become trainers and train people on their way the of doing things right. rather than the correct way of doing things. At that particular point, you have a whole field of people who are doing things the wrong way, maybe but may not know they may be doing the wrong way because of the simple fact, y'all don't want to put the person as my trainer. He's the one told right. me that this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, how is me as a newbie supposed to question this guy when he's training me and telling me I'm doing this? Internally, I may feel it's wrong, but what am I supposed to do then? Everybody else seems like it's okay. And then you create that environment where, you have a whole group of people who's doing things wrong and no one is going to correct them. And it go and it, it, it almost just continues and it continues. And, and like you said, the officer that grabbed the kid is like, was all that necessary for that one incident where like nothing was going on. And of course he probably has done that previously, but it's never been called on camera. It's never been called or, hate. Or, mm-hmm. or, now, you feel as though, you know, you got something to prove. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everything is going on, and now I'm, I'm gonna show these little youngsters or these little young punks that, you know, who the man? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes, you know, when we see it in the news, we blow it out of proportion when it's when it's white on black, right? When it's a white cop killing a black unarmed black man. Yeah. But what about when it's a black cop who killed an unarmed black man? Why aren't we up in the same rage at that moment? We ought to be. I know we should be, but we haven't. And that's a problem because at the end of the day, you're showing all the white cops at the precinct it's okay to do this, and I'm because I did it. Because I did it. I mean, you're setting the standard for everybody that's looking to say, well, if he do it to his own kind, I guess it's okay for us to do it to them. And, right. they, and nothing's going to change until, like you said, we can protest all day long. But if once our protest starts affecting change on their side, where they hold their people accountable and stop trying to protect and push things under the rug on their side, and they start saying, yo, he did wrong, you need to check him, y'all need to investigate this, that's only where it's going to change is when the police department start holding their officers accountable for everything that they do. Okay, so for me, I agree with everything that y'all have said. I agree with, with you know, wrong being the new norm. I I, I agree with, you know, uh, the, the the sissy complex. You know, you actually a little girl, but you put on your uniform and now you're a man all of a sudden. Miss Quick, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I agree with all of that even down to the fact that, you know, with the tantrums. Because that seemed like that's the same thing that, that, that you know, you can't, you can't have the cookie. But then I'll I disregard the rules to now the rules have been omitted. So then when you take everything away, we have tantrums or we start tearing stuff up, which is what it seemed like we are doing as a people. We're having a tantrum, which is no different than the people that's in office. The guy that's in office right now, he suffers from that affluent, you know, complex to where when he doesn't get what he wants, he has a tantrum. When we don't get what we want, we have a tantrum. We start rioting and all this. But what we fail to realize is that it takes away from the mission. Okay? Unless that's your original mission. I don't know what the mission is. I don't know what we're fighting for. Ms. Quick said we're fighting because we're upset. We're tired of this. Well, let's express that in a word. What What is it that we want? Do we want equality? Do we want respect? Do we want justice? What What is it that we want? I think all of it. I mean, equality being the number one. Um because that there there is none. It's non-existent. Um, it's it's no secret that you know black person or person of color commit a crime, then the likelihood of them serving more time for a lesser charge um, is greater than that of someone of you know than someone who's white. Let's just be real, because that's what call it. Okay. I mean, it's no secret. Not only do we as blacks understand and know it, white people know it too. 
So mm-hmm. there is the inequality right there. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's point blank period. You know what? Let me don't pull me in front of the judge and read my rap sheet. Let the judge read my rap sheet without seeing my face and then read the, you know, the other, um, I guess criminal or what have you, rap sheet without seeing his or her face. And then let's see if, if we both get the same amount of time. See, you know, so if we could do that, then race will probably be eliminated. You know, that, that, that helps solve the problem. The unfortunate part is, is that sometimes it actually needs to be done. You know? Well, I can agree, yes. Maybe, maybe that's a thing. You know, maybe maybe we have attorneys go to court and represent the person without the person's face or person showing up in court so that they get a fair shake when it comes to the system because there's no equality. I mean, yeah, and we want justice. Yes, we want respect because, I mean, quite honestly, doesn't matter who you are. You're a cop. You could be president. Obviously, he don't hold no weight right now. But, I mean, you could be the president pulling me over. If you walk up to my car and start, you know, talking smack, instead of saying, you know, greeting, you know, good evening, ma'am. You know, may I have your driver's license and insurance? Yes, sir, may I ask, why did you pull me over? I pulled you over for a broken tail light. Oh, okay. Instead of them being an ass, give me give me your license. Give me your you know you, you know what I mean? Because that's how they that's how it goes. They escalate the situation. Not in all cases, but in some cases. So you walking up to my car, you don't even respect me. Because you saw the color of my skin. So yes, we want equality, justice, respect, you name it. It is I I think that's what we're we're looking for. That's what's absolutely needed. I, I agree. Um, I believe that I think, one of the ways. Go ahead. I believe that one of the ways that we can can go about this is first knowing who we are. Let's let's remove all the designation designator. Excuse me. And me personally, I I'm I'm not an African American. I am not a Negro. I am an American. Treat all Americans the same. Period. Once you start making subclasses and sub this, and now people are, are treated differently. You, you see where I'm going? So all I ask is for equality, right? Not inclusion. Equality. That would be why I would fight, and I think if we we had equality, if we knew who we were, then I believe that we would get a lot further. Because as an American, not African American, as an American, I would be, I should be recognized as an American. As a Black American or an African American, 
there's no rules written for African Americans. But all Americans have the right to pursue liberty, freedom, and all that crap. Do y'all agree? Mm-hmm. You said you do, Twin? Yeah, I mean, I agree. That uh, if we're all Americans, that means we just want to be treated the same. Don't look at my skin color. Don't judge me by my skin color. Just treat me as an American that is doing whatever I'm doing, whether it's applying for a job or it's trying to get this, whether I'm going to court, whatever facet I'm in, treat me as an American under the law and not based on my skin color, what my nationality is, what my religion is. Treat me just as an American that is described in the law that we're supposed to be and all the rights and everything that comes with it. Just treat me equal. Because if you treat me equal, I have an opportunity. I, I have the opportunity to do what I want to do and not be judged, not be uh, picked at, not be criticized. So, yes. Equality, treat me as an American really just means treat me equal, according to everybody, all the way around. And with that, you also will get justice. Absolutely. You'll get respect. Period. But when you when you go and make yourself different, you know. Now I got to go in and, and adjust, like, you know, with the whole other, the other communities. You know, now I got to make adjustments for you because you want to be different, because you want, and that's not the way, it, the, the foundation. Revisit a lot of stuff because it, ha- it is outdated and we have evolved, so it should evolve as well. But... We haven't. So, Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? Can't fix ignorance. I mean, you know, I mean, ain't much you can do with ignorance. So, to be quite honest with you, you know, um, and and unfortunately, that's that's what most of this. That's where most of this stems from is, is ignorance, lack of knowledge, just not even knowing. You know, I mean, you even think about way back in the old days. Um, I don't know if, it, if we had talked about it or if if uh, if there was a movie I was watching, but um, where why people would think that if they touched our skin, then it would, you know, like our blackness would rub come, off on them. Yeah, couldn't get in the same pool because you thought we were going to turn the water black. That's just pure ignorance. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't fix stupid. I mean, you 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 just can't fix stupid. Um, you know, and and the only thing that will provoke change is love. Why? Because God is love. That's it. I mean, yes, we do need equality. Equality. We do need, you know, respect and justice. But we don't get all of that if we don't share our love for one another. Um, not, you know, 
not putting labels on each other, not putting um, or making difference between you and I. Right. But just a genuine love across the board as Americans. You even gonna say? I mean, truth be told, not even American as a as people. You know what I mean? Like, how come we can't love someone who is not who was not born a citizen? A citizen, we can't. You know, like, why? You know, you why is that? Who you are. You, gotta, you you love who you want to love, but all I'm simply saying is, treat me with respect. With dignity Because I am no different from you Period I'm no different from you If you don't If you think I'm different from you Let's sit down and compare notes You pay mortgage I pay mortgage You pay HOA I pay HOA You pay high ass taxes Guess what So do I <laughs> There's no difference And if you think I'm bullshit Let me stick you with this pen and you'll bleed just like me. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. You know, I guess I was I was saying the step before that, like the way you get what you want is by love. You know what I mean? Knowing well, first one, yes, no, first knowing God, and then knowing what God is, which is God is love. And if you love yourself. Then you love others as God loves you. You know what I mean. So if you if you exercise that basic principle, all other things will come. And you and, and the reason why I say that is because no matter how hard I try, I can't put all white people in a bucket. I can't put right. all white cops or all black cops in a bucket. I can't compartment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like put them in compartments and, 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 or put them in groups and say, I hate white people. You know, it, I am infuriated. I am, you know, sad. I am mad. I mean, I'm afraid, but I can't look. And I've tried. I even tried. Take your kids to school. I try to look at, you know, at that, at, at the women or, you know, folks who work there who, who are white. I try to hate them. But I can't because I'm not built that way. Because I, I love God. I love myself. I love my children. And I'm smart enough to understand that not all people are the same. So you can't treat all people the same. They didn't know this mm-hmm. guy. You know, they didn't know this guy who, who who murdered George Floyd. They didn't know him. It's not their fault. Um, mm-hmm. So so how can I blame them for the actions of somebody else? I, I, I simply that. can't do it. That's that's how I know that if if we could if if we could practice love or exercise love or adopt just the basic principles of love, then the, like there's no. There's no way, like, this stuff will be happening over and over and over again because God doesn't allow it. Your heart wouldn't allow it. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you said that. 
my position, and I may be right, I, I may be wrong, but it's mine, okay? When it comes to this, I have no problems. I have no problem with white cops. I have no problem with white men. I have a problem with that guy, period. Because white men didn't kill George or any, any other. It was those particular persons, those particular individuals. Now, I also have a problem with the black folks who stood around with their damn camera phones out. I have a problem with that. Because there was something that you could have done that you didn't do for whatever reason. Maybe you got a warrant or you own probation or what have you. Maybe you're afraid of going to jail, what have you. But there was something that you could have done to save that man's life. But yet you thought filming it on your phone or camera, recording it on your camera phone, was it. Shame on you. Just like I shamed the ones that the other cops that stood around, everybody that took place. Shame on you. We're going to take this time to introduce Pastor to the line. And y'all feel free to comment on what I just said. I'm, I'm just saying. That's my position. Pastor, good evening. Good evening, sir. I, I just heard a portion of what you said. I didn't catch it um, all. I, I'm certain you, you were just talking about the situation in Minneapolis. So, um, but I didn't hear all of what you all of what you said, or even the direction that you're talking in tonight. But I'll be more than happy to listen for a minute, and then whenever uh, I got something to add, I'll definitely add it. So. You guys, y'all continue talking. Thank you. Welcome. So, Twin, what's your thoughts on um, what I just said? I do agree with you. Um, You know, I do not hate white people. Um, Because of this incident, I do not hate all white people because of this, because there have been a lot of white people who are in their 60s and 70s that I met in Michigan who have been texting me, am I okay? And checking on me, um, showing me love. And so I don't hate all white people uh, because of the incident. It's, um, I have an issue with the people that are involved with the situation, who did the Mm -hmm. incident, who murdered Mr. Floyd. That's who I have an issue with. But it's not with the Mm -hmm. whole entire race and and if I see a white person, I'm not pissed off at that white person because of what their people did. No, I don't think like that. They are responsible for their own actions, and I'm not going to put their actions on you. Um, mm-hmm. Just as I would hope if something happened to you, you wouldn't put that on me. Well, this black person did this, so I'm mad at you, too. I hope you won't do that as well. And it goes back to what Miss Quick was saying. You know, you got to have a heart of God where you got to love. And I agree with her when saying that, you know, one of the commandments in the Bible is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you truly can look at someone, love them as yourself, 
it will prevent you from doing some things to another human being if you put yourself in that situation and show the compassion and love that you want somebody to show to you if you're in that situation, if you're on the ground, or if you're in that position where the roles are reversed, you want somebody to show you the compassion and love uh, that you should show other people. And, and I agree with you. As people were standing there watching with their phones out, you know, can't say what was going through their mind at that time. Um, you would have hoped that they would have stepped up and tried to do something um, to at least see what they could do, get closer. You know, you just never know what may have been going on in their mind at that time. Shot, frozen, like, I can't believe I'm really seeing this. But um, you would have hoped that somebody would have tried to at least done something in that situation to, to see if they could have tried to save his life. So I do agree with you on that. You know, hopefully they could have done something. Um, I'm sure they probably have a regret now because the the result is they know what the end result was from that. And it, it's probably making them wonder, what could I have done? And, and if so, why didn't I? I personally think that everybody standing around, somebody could have went in. I ain't, I ain't saying kill the man, kill the white man or the police. All I'm simply saying is knock him off. They could have gave that brother 30 more seconds to breathe. Yeah. Could have kept him alive. Yeah, you might have gone to jail, but I promise, I promise, there's a good chance the old boy would have been alive. He probably would have gone to jail too, but he wouldn't have been dead. But there was something that could have been done instead of, instead of now we're all mourning his death. Can I add something about that uh, love the neighbor as yourself? Sure. You know, when you when you read that scripture, um, you know, it, it, it talks about, you know, first of all you gotta love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then it says, um, and then love thy neighbor as thyself. It's there's an order to love. There's in in other words what I'm saying, if we don't love in the order that God Instructs us to love And that, that explains a lot of things See the first love that we got to have Before we love anybody else Before we love ourselves uh, We truly can't We don't have any love Unless we first of all love God Okay now if you got your love game tight with God You know Once you accept the love that he has for you Knowing that his son died for you And, and, and all of that Once you accept him Then he said love your, na- love your neighbor as yourself Which means after loving God You next you got to love yourself And then when you, after you love yourself Then you can love someone else And I think the problem is He didn't love uh, Mr. Floyd Because guess what He didn't love himself This man had a problem in his, in his own So there was something missing in his life And maybe he didn't love uh-huh. himself Maybe This is an assumption Maybe he don't love God Because let me tell you something When you love God And you know God loves you I'm not going to say you won't do wrong. You will, but there's a limitation. There's a line. There's a, a barrier. There's something that will tell you that's enough. There's something that will tell you I can't go any farther. And I do know people blank out from time to time, but let me tell you something. There has to be there's – a, there's an issue. There's a problem somewhere. Um, you know, you don't know what's true, uh, but I did – 
uh, see it, and I'll just go ahead and give the source. It was on Good Morning America that this gentleman's wife uh, was divorcing him. Well, you know, not saying this wasn't reason enough to divorce, but, uh, you know, I just believe that divorce was already in the works. I believe that she was looking for a way out to begin with because if she truly loved uh, God and loved herself and loved him, the Bible said until death do us part. You don't divorce just because uh, you're going through a hard situation right now. Now's the time he needs her. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's all anything is justifiable because it's not, but I'm just saying when the Lord said love the Lord that God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and love others as you love yourself, if you can do that to somebody else, you don't love yourself. You do not love you. There's no way you can love yourself. And if you don't love you, it's impossible for you to love me. And one of the reasons we don't love, you know, ourselves is because we have not accepted that love that God has for us. And so there's something that was missing, uh, you know, in this man's life. Now, again, I'm not saying it justifies anything, but it may explain it. And as far as what you're concerned, what you're talking about, uh, there's a story in the Bible, and uh, it talks about Moses. And Moses was raised up in the palace. He was raised up, you know, as royalty. But the reality is that Moses wasn't royalty. Moses was just regular uh, you know, black folk just like you and I, if you will. And Moses, even though he was raised up as royalty and he was in tight with the king and everybody else, you know, uh, the Bible said he was out walking in the courtyard one day, and while he was out there, he saw a guard beating on uh, a slave. And without Moses knowing really what's going on, all of a sudden something rises up in Moses. Moses says, I can't let this happen. Moses grabs the man, and Moses kills the man. Moses Moses is protecting the slave. Moses is like, I'm not going to sit there and watch you kill another man. You know, and he he took action. And we don't have any Moses left in the world. Uh, We we didn't have a Moses that day because, like you said, somebody should have taken, you know, could have. I ain't going to say they should have, but they, they, they could have taken a bottle. And just threw it at the man They could have taken anything And thrown it at the man Just to get him to lift up just for a second But we're not willing to Make a sacrifice for another person You know And so Moses That's what he did Moses said I can't stand to sit here And watch this man lose his life And so Moses began to fight for him And eventually killed the the, 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 the man And then he ran off into the wilderness On the backside of a mountain And do you know Moses never served time for any of that? Because God protected him. God covered him. God said, I got some work for you to do. Thank you. I got two more people for you to kill. Yeah, I got got some more for you to go after. Not only that, but, you know, uh, I'm not saying God was rewarding him, but Moses didn't realize that that was his life's work was being a deliverer. And it had to get to that point to where he realized who he really was. And uh, so Moses couldn't stand idly by, and he sacrificed and gave up his life of luxury just to save another man's life, just to save another man's life. And, you know, you know, I'm not saying what I would or wouldn't have done. I, I can't say it until I, I'm in that situation, which I pray I'm never in. But if you just throw your cell phone at this guy, if he's evil enough to 
do this on this guy's neck. You throw something at him, he's coming at you. He's coming at you. He's he not going to stay there. He's going to get you next or whatever, you know. Uh, and so you know, nobody's willing to give their life to save somebody else's life. But on the flip side of this, quick, Jesus I did right. Say this. Well, that's what makes him so special, man. And we're supposed to be followers of Christ, and there has to be something that we sacrifice to save others. It may not be okay. our very life, but, you know, we should be willing to save, sacrifice something. But who would have thought? I don't even know if Mr. Floyd knew this. He may have, but who would have thought that this regular black man that appeared to be or whatever, his name would be called all across this country and in other countries and other nations uh, across this world. Look at, look at, and no, I don't, I'm not glad he's lost his life. I am not. I, it disturbs me tremendously because on a personal note, out of everything the man said, you know, saying I can't breathe and different things like that. But when this man called for his mama, let me tell you something. As a baby, when, when you're a baby, you know, a baby calls for his mama because he know mama can help him. But to me, when you hear a grown man call for his mama, it's, it's pretty much over then. It's pretty much over then. But who would have thought that this man, you know, his life, his, 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 his name would be called all across this world now. Look at the lives that's going to be saved. Look at potentially the change that's going to take place all because this one man, you know, endured what he endured. And, again, I'm not glad that he did. I'm just saying some good is going to come out of this. And as far as the other gentleman is concerned, I'm not going to say his life is over, but his life is over. Where can he go? Where can he hide? How can he ever have any peace? If he goes to jail, more than likely um, another uh, uh, inmate will get him. If he's, if they've given police protection because he made it hard for police, well, maybe another cop will get him. If they leave him alone, there's a good chance he'll probably hang himself. See now you got to live with it, Mr. Mr. Floyd. Right if now, you can. <laughs> Mr. You Floyd can. Is, is is not suffering now, but this guy right now, he's he's suffering because he's got to live with it. He's got to hear about it, you know. And uh, so I'm not saying I'd rather for Mr. Floyd to be here, but um, some good is going to come out of it. Some good is going to come out of it, some kind of way. I heard the brother say that. Somebody's been calling him from other states, asking him is he good or whatever. That's a blessing. I'm glad to hear that. But now, a lot to be learned out of this. Now, with this, look at how people have come together. Yes. Blacks, whites, everybody. It, it doesn't yes. matter. Everybody has come together. If you sit back and look, everybody is just tired of the inequality. That's right. We're going to take this time to introduce Ronell to the line. Good evening. What's going on? What's going on? Appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to um, speak on the issues and the conversation at hand as well. Okay. Allow me to get on the line. Come on in. Would you? I mean, I'm in here, baby. I was listening. I'm, I'm. I'm hearing. I'm I'm hearing what Pastor saying. I heard what Twin said. I heard what you said. And man, I'm I'm in a I'm in agreement with it. Um, 
about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a good 90, 80 percent, 80, 85 percent, right? In agreement, in the sense of like, what could everybody else have done, right? What could we have done? Now, what Pastor said as far as like being able or being ready to get a life up for another life, you know, type deal, or they're being, they're not being Moses. You know, glad that we're not in that situation. Um, but if we were, what would we do type deal? But also the idea of the impact that this man, I'm not going to say the good, I'm going to say the impact that this man's life, um, him losing his life has made in the eye-opening situations that, to me, during this time that most people are in in the house, have nothing to do but watch on social media or the news when they're looking at coronavirus and, you know, a concern that's devastating, you know, multiple cultures. Now it's like a, the focus is now on the black culture and, you know, what is in the things that have been going on for years, right? Maybe nobody stepped in and helped out because, Hey, this is just what it was. Somebody just looked up and got the camera. Type deal. Somebody caught it. Caught it on. Caught it on tape. Um, I look at and I bro, think about caught, the they had Ryder King on tape. Bro, what is I'm, that? We've I'm been taping. Tape, but I'm A's hey, every ten years. Something like this has to happen. It seem like. For us but to come every, together, we've been but it's taping. Like different we generations. Been presenting. Different generations. When I say when I say somebody when I say somebody is taping when the tape was released before the tape was released was this guy. Um, uh, arrested? Was this guy brought up on any charges? The police officer? Um, For everything no. released? And everyone, right. So I'm looking well, we at can't guarantee someone that because of the tape. But I'm, but I'm saying it's because of the, it's, it's because of the outrage of the tape. Had it just been a clip, had it just been the first minute of it, and then it assumed to be eight minutes, you know, that this man was sitting on his neck. I mean, he was sitting on his neck down there like like it was a trophy. Like he was over a, you know, a deer. They call it a 10-point buck or something like that. You know right, what I mean? Right, Like this, you right. know, showing off type deal. And the problem with it was, I mean, he had it. Dang, it looked like he had his hands in his pocket like, now what? The problem is, and I think the reason why a lot of the outrage and, and anger towards the police department is what it is is because this man was protected by that shield, right? I'm looking at Floyd, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking to myself, if those two men were squaring off one-on-one, I don't believe Floyd would have surrendered in such a way, right, to allow this man to have that type of advantage over him, to get him to a point to where his knee is on his neck. And for everybody else that's around, Man, it looked like the other four officers could have very well been ready to shoot and defend their 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 fellow quote unquote man. Right? Which is why they're up for, you know, guilty by association in a sense, for not helping out, for not telling him, Hey, that's enough. Enough is enough type deal. But that's the systematic thing that's been going on in this country that I believe this generation of young people and combined with the older generation that have went through the Rodney King, that have went through all the different um, deaths and, you know, beatings type deal due to police brutality, that's what that's what they're now like, hey, we're not standing up for that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not right. You know, more of our 
areas um, are multicultural. The population is not singularly um, white to where they have no idea what's going on. I've, just like Twin was saying, um, I've had people reach out to me, other white friends, other former uh, coworkers and whatnot, reach out to me like, yo, I didn't know. I didn't know, and I'm trying to figure out what can I do? What can I do to help? I didn't know that it was this bad. I was thinking, you know, these guys just weren't pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. They were just living on the system. I even had a guy tell me, hey, man, you know, I looked at you as the good one. I'm like, damn, I don't look at you Whoa. as the good one. Right? You know what I mean? Like, damn, really? Like, hey. No, I'm just saying the way you, you know, fought through adversity and the way you made it through this and other. Yeah, but you're not looking at the things, the outside circumstances that caused me to have to fight through. Go through certain things, right? So now my my big thing is, man, educate yourself. Like you don't want feeling bad. Feel bad. You ought to. Because you've been you've been you've been receiving this privilege, right? This privilege of not knowing. What we have to endure. Actually, I don't even think it's the privilege of not knowing. I think it's the privilege of being able to turn a blind eye. That gift is crazy. <laughs> that gift is crazy because it seems like that's that's the climate, right? If we don't address it, then we won't have to be part of the resolution. We won't have to resolve it. We know what's been going on. We've been seeing this. This is not an isolated incident. But we go ignore because if we give it any attention, we're just as bad. Hey man, I, Quinn, I mean I thoughts? call it. Go ahead. I agree with you. Is, is that part of almost like selective amnesia? If, if I don't have to think about it, then I don't have to deal with it. And. A lot of people don't like to look at and deal with something that is difficult for them to digest. They want to live on their little bubble, their perspective, because they don't want to really have to delve in and see this. And I think, I'm not saying it it, it is, but it, it could be one of the reasons why people are damaging property, because it's like, hey, we've been trying to do peaceful protests, to get your attention, to say, hey, you know, Kaepernick tried to do the knee. Y'all mixed the message on that. We've been trying to do it peaceful. So let's go damage some stuff. And maybe we'll get the whole country's attention now to say, hey, look at what we're doing. Because you didn't look at us the past couple of times we protested when you killed black men. But now that we damage your stuff, will you pay attention to it now and have a conversation? I think it's people have just been so fed up so long that, okay, we're doing this to raise awareness, but then people misinterpret the message and the message get lost, and then the news media flips whatever they flip, and then next thing you know, it's something swept under the rug again until another mm-hmm. issue happens. Mm-hmm. So this time, I think they expected the same thing. Oh, it'll they'll march peacefully for a while. It'll die down. It'll get swept under the rug. No changes are going to happen. But this time, it's pure anarchy, and they're going crazy all across the country. 
So now everybody from the White House and everybody from governors and mayors and everybody is now paying attention to what's really going on on a daily basis because people are fed up. So now they're damaging stuff to get your attention, and now that we got your attention, let's see what we can do. And that's why, and and maybe this may be the way to get the attention that they need to make the, like you said, the talks really happen and it not get swept under the rug this time. Uh, People being fired when you're seeing officers or somebody abusing their power, and rather than, okay, we'll put you on desk duty or we'll let you be suspended with pay for a couple of weeks and then bring you back and nobody's going to even remember that you did this or did that. That slap on the wrist mentality. They've been doing too many slaps Mm -hmm. on the wrist, which is why we're here Mm -hmm. right now. When they should have been slapping cuffs on the wrist. Bingo. Ms. Quick, what's your thoughts? Um, I agree with with, with everything everybody's saying. You know, in, in addition to that, you know, I think that um, extensive, more extensive background checks need to be put in place when people are becoming a police officer, you know. So um, because it's, it's easy, you know, like we all say, it's easy to say what you won't do until you actually get in that situation. And, and there again, you know, if, if somebody's grandpa was a Klan member and they go to be a police officer then get, then, and they've, Learn this kind of behavior from grandpa, then guess what? They're going to be a clan with a badge. It, it doesn't change. So I think that, you know, more protocols need to be put in place when people are going to become police officers. Um, so not only look into them, look into some of their family history and see if any hate crimes have been committed, um, anything like that. I mean, ask more behavioral questions. Um, I don't know, but I think that something needs to be put in place because when you put these people in a badge and give them a gun, this happens. This happens. You have no idea who they are until this happens. Um, And then it's too late. Thank you. Pastor, what's your thoughts? I I guess I'm going to go Take a little side road right quick, but, you know, preferably it'll tie in with everything else. You know, I, I believe that it's time also, I mean, everything you guys, you know, have just spoken of is just, you know, right on point. But I think it's also time for uh, people of color to take the rightful place when it comes to law enforcement and politics. You know, God didn't give us all enough athletic ability to play in the NBA or the NFL. You know, he didn't mean for all of us to be just business owners. You know, we've got the wherewithal to be policemen and to be politicians. And and, and I say that because, you know, that's, that's you know, areas that we avoid. Uh, but, you know, just like, you know, God called me to, to do what I'm doing, God called you to do what you're doing, there's some that he's called to be uh, policemen, and I think if we got more of the right people with the right spirit in the right place, maybe we would see a little less of this. I'm not going to say that we eliminate it altogether, but you know we don't have any representation. We don't have anyone, uh, in essence, speaking 
on our behalf. We don't have anybody that can hold people accountable because we avoid these areas. I mean, it, you know, I, out of all that I've seen, I haven't seen very many. And all the cities that they've shown, uh, obviously I saw some black cops in Atlanta. I don't know that I saw any in L.A. I don't know that I, I think I saw one or two in Minneapolis. I don't think I saw any in New York. I'm sure they're there, but all I'm saying is, you know, there's a big disparity. There's a big, I mean, if you look at it, it's 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 ridiculous. And I believe that some of us were meant to be politicians. Some of us, you know, Barack Obama, in my opinion, was meant to be created to be president of the United States. And we need to find our right place. A lot of us are going after professions that pay the most money or uh, that will give us the most power, if you will, but we need to find our rightful place where we can make a difference. And if we had more uh, black cops, if we had more senators, more, you know, uh, I don't know, governors, more people that were, you know, uh, in, in these decision-making areas, maybe, maybe, just maybe we would start to see, uh, I mean, you know, we focus on now getting, seeing, you know, if we get the majority of the House, you know, if there's more Democrats than Republicans or whatever, or the majority of the Senate or whatever, we act as if, you know, that's going to change everything. And I'm sure it does help, but we still need some folk, uh, with, you know, with the boots on the ground. We need some folk that, you know, you rather than you hear a kid go up, what do you want to be? I want to be a basketball player. I want to be a football player. You don't hear them say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a cop. I want to be a senator. You just don't hear that. And you're not going to tell me that God doesn't want to spread out, you know. We're all just in one area. And it's time for us to take our rightful place. And, you know, probably we would see somewhat of a difference. And I may be off on that, but I just feel like, you know, that's one of the miss- one of the missing links. One of the missing links. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think that um, I remember when I was young, you know, you had kids that had aspirations to be uh, those common things. You had, you know, one or two that wanted to be entertainers, you know, but it was more so lawyers, doctors, police, firemen, you know. Uh, I don't re- really recall politicians, but I did um, recall um, those jobs. Once again, now that we're here, what do we do now? What do we do tomorrow? What's our direction now? Are we are we still going to continue to speak and embrace one another, or are we going to forget that we came together until the next black guy gets shot? Is this our new norm, like the COVID thing, everybody walk around with masks on? Has us uniting become the new our new norm? That's my question. Ronell, I know you're ready for it. Man, you know I'm ready for it. So you're talking about is this the new norm, bro? Like, unfortunately, uh, pieces of it are. And I do believe that from this, you know, some success in having a conversation, right? 
people them being mm-hmm. open to hearing the conversation and then not just being a, hey man, slavery happened so long ago, y'all need to get over it, or you know you guys keep saying this, but there's so many successful black, you know black, black folks out there that you know you can't keep like talking about the um, unequal inequality, right? So I mean like is this the new norm? I think the awareness aspect of it. It's, I feel like it's our job to educate those that don't know, right? Hey, send them send them little clips, like, because they're wide open right now. I know I didn't had a couple neighbors, a couple people, like I said, across country, hit me up, and that's what I've been doing, and we've been continuing dialogue based upon, hey, I'll let you know, because before this, we couldn't have this real conversation. But I'll let you know with real real words and everything <laughs> about how I feel, mm-hmm. how I think. And I feel like the ability for us to be a little bit more open and honest will allow for that community to build towards just recognizing the differences, right, and understanding, maybe maybe not necessarily understanding, but just hearing where I come from when I speak. Okay. And not Twin. what you view or what you have viewed. Go ahead. For sure. So what's your what's your you think this is the new norm or uh, going back to the same old song? You would hope that it becomes the new norm that this will be embedded in them because sometimes they could never truly understand or visualize uh, what we talk about because they never experienced it or probably never seen it. Um, I think seeing it as graphic as they did, I think may have opened some people's eyes to truly allow us truly to understand where we come from when we say certain things or we feel a certain kind of way with police and things of that nature. Um, so hopefully this has a, a, allowed them to, I guess, open up their minds back up to that closed door they possibly had towards us, thinking, well, they got affirmative action, they got this, I don't see what else they're still complaining about. Maybe this kind of mm-hmm. opened their eyes and say, okay, I see that what I believe they probably have arrived, I kind of understand a little bit now that they probably haven't arrived fully that I believe they did initially. So like I said, hopefully this isn't something that just goes back away and they forget. Hopefully this is something that they do remember. And I believe the way things have happened with the protesting, the destruction, I mean, it's one of them events now that I think it would be very hard for anybody to sleep under the rug and say, you forgot about this situation. You forgot about what happened, how it happened, and hopefully it resonates with them so that when they encounter other people, black people, they will have more of a understanding and sensitivity mm-hmm. to want to listen and understand rather than uh, going back to their old mindset and old conventional wisdom about how they felt. Okay. We're going to take this time to introduce uh, Philip to the to the line. He has something he want to share. Uh, good evening, y'all. 
Uh, I want to touch on what Pastor said a second ago, uh, going back to jobs, and then I'll follow that up with the new norm. But conversation I've been having with uh, people in my life, you know, black people, pretty much people of all walks, athletes and celebrities of the black community are speaking out on their platform. And I agree that everybody should use their platform. But my big issue right now, and as you said earlier, you know, what do we do looking forward? Who's the black leader in the community? And then think about that. Like, who who are our black leaders on topics like this? Who do we have to speak up, if that makes sense? Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I've been sitting on, like, marinated for the past couple of days because I don't know who I, as a young man, can look to in these moments. I can look to you, but you can't speak to the nations right now. Does that make sense? Right. So who's speaking on behalf of us? Who can, like I said, I don't need another Martin or another Malcolm, but – we don't even have someone that comes close or compares to that right now. So why are the only black voices in America athletes and rappers and celebrities? And how can we break out of that mold? Ooh. And to, to follow up with the new norm, uh, I don't know. I don't know what anything is right now. And it's scary. I don't know if, People genuinely want to know. I don't know if people are asking just to check boxes because I have friends that openly support Trump, and they think, well, I can support Trump and I can support Black Lives Matters, and I don't know how you can do that. You know, if you can tell me that and fix that in my heart and how I view how those things counteract each other, let me know. But that shit doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry if I can't swear on here. Um, But... It's interesting because I don't know where we go forward, but I know in our community, you know, we need unity right now because this is the first time I've seen unity in the whole 23 years of my life, just to be completely honest. Wow. Pastor, 23 years, the first time he's seen unity. What's your thoughts? I think he's exactly right. I think that... um, and I'm going to give you the God side of it, if you will. Um, yes. You know, it is time for God will never leave his people without leadership, but God won't make anybody lead. So, in other words, he had to go and convince Moses that this this is your calling, this is your responsibility. The leader is, exists. The leader is already here, but will not take the rightful place. And it's time, you know, for that to take place. It's, it's it's past time. We've got to have, you know, as he just said, you know, um, he could follow you. He could follow me. But we don't have that uh, global platform. We don't have that. You know, that's not our calling. You know, on a on a local level, sure. But you know, on a global level, no. So I agree with him. He has he he he, he doesn't have that that leader. And we have to have that. We have to have. You don't. If a snake doesn't have a head, he's not a snake. We have to have mm. someone that we lean and we depend on. Someone that can speak for us. And all of us won't have to go out there rioting and whatever. You know, when you had uh, Malcolm X, when you had Martin, when they would raise their hand, the people would get silent just to hear what they've got to say. 
and that person would take our concerns all the way up to the White House and even across the world. I mean, to consider mm-hmm. and think that Dr. King, you know, was the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. He had to go all the way to Switzerland, a black man from Atlanta or the South at least, mm. over in Switzerland. That's amazing. So there is another leader here, but he has to take his rightful place. And right now, um, you know, I think a lot of this has happened so that the leader will emerge. I also believe that uh, something amazing is happening. And, again, I'm speaking from my perspective biblically. Uh, everybody else is entitled to their opinion, and I would definitely respect that. But the Bible says something amazing. It said the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. I believe that there's mm-hmm. a shift taking place, and I also believe that uh, a lot of this is happening right around the same time as the census. And I think this next, next census is going to show that we're no longer the minority. I believe that that's part of what's going on. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you know what? We can't be just uh, pushed away with fire hoses anymore. You know, we've got intellect, we've got uh, influence, we've got finances. Uh, you know, we, it's time for us to take our rightful place now. And if we would just step up and do, you know, walk in our god or dang gift, I think you would see things take a turn for the better. I mean, because, again, for this man to say 23 years he hasn't seen a leader, I mean, if you get a corporation that don't have a leader for 23 years, they'll, they'll fall mm. apart. If you get a school, if you get, you know, anything without, a, without leader, right. without headship for 23 years, it will not exist. The only mm. thing, even, even the church itself, Christianity, has been under the same leadership for over 2,000 years. You have to have a leader. And in the Bible, when there was not a leader, um, the Lord would tell him, he said, listen, go down to Jesse's house and, and, and anoint the new king. There had to be somebody in place. And so that someone exists, you know, and we can all assume who it may be. Someone, it's people that we wanted to be. We wanted, we wanted to be Barack Obama, but no, he was chosen to be president. That don't necessarily mean he's supposed to be your spokesperson. We have to have a spokesperson, someone that's anointed by God to do it, someone that's gifted to do it. And and when they speak, they're speaking not for their well-being and not for finances or fame, but they're speaking because that's that thing that God placed them inside of him. So that's another missing piece. So, yeah, it's good for us to get all the new cops and all that stuff, but we have to have everybody to take their rightful place whether it's policemen, politicians, or even in leadership. We gotta we can't follow forever. We gotta we gotta make sure mm-hmm. that we stand on the shoulders of these giants and leave some footprints for the next generation. So, um it's time. It is it is time. And we need to pray to God that whoever this person is, that they will be revealed and that we can get, you know, behind them, not be jealous of them, not have that crab mentality. To keep that brother lifted up and have him to speak, you know, on our behalf. Mm. You said somebody right there with not being jealous of him. Um, no, I believe yeah. that that's one of our will be our hangups, just because that's the way we were uh, conditioned to have a, mm-hmm. a serious competitive spirit. You know, why him and not mm-hmm. me? You know, 
versus, listen, I'm behind this brother. Me, it may not be me. Cool. But I may need to be his security. And guess what? I'll make sure... <laughs> I'll bet you he don't get a splinter in his foot. You dig? Like, mm-hmm. everybody got roles. Right. Everybody has roles. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? I actually was thinking along the same lines as Philip. You know, like, where's our leadership? That's why, you know, you ask if this is the new norm temporarily. You know, probably for the next few weeks, it, it'll be. The new norm, but guess what? If if we don't have a leader, then we're gonna fall back and go back to, you know, grinding it out and trying to, you know, keep our own family safe. You know, so it has to happen. You know, somebody has to emerge and somebody has to take the lead. And you know, I was asking myself, where is Al Sharpton? You know, like, what is he doing these days? You know, so. It's kind of one of those things where, like Pastor said, this is this is the time for whoever is ordained um, to speak up and, and step into that place. It's it's now. Maybe it's Stacey Abrams. Who knows? It, it, there's nothing that says it can't be a woman, you know. Um, so I, I'm just, you know, looking, waiting to see. Um, that's all I have right now. I agree. I, I mean, everybody has like like we're like we're saying the stress is everybody has a role, and we want a leader, not a figurehead. Two totally different things. We want somebody for the interest of the people, and not the interest of you know, the back table deals and the sideline deals and all this kind of stuff. Who is it going to be? Philip, you have a better chance than all of us old people on this phone. You have a greater right. chance of, of of doing these things. Do not be silent. Okay, so what is Do not that be mean? silent. What is what does that look like? Speak on my man. Is that what is it going to look like? Yeah. Just to be completely blunt. What does that is that is going to look like you stepping up and you being somebody, you speaking out, you having a voice of the righteous, you having a relationship with God and you letting God lead you. Because we're old. Me going, I'm 41. Me going through the police academy right now, although I will pass with flying colors, I will not retire. And I think I'm the youngest one on here, other than Miss Quick and yourself. But you're 23. You can do anything. You still can be the politician. You still can be the president. Mm-hmm. You still can do it. Don't be silent, my brother. Don't be still. All you old people that's on the phone right now, can somebody sustain what I'm saying? Because, you know, I'm, I'm old. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Can some of y'all back me up on this? Ronell? Sorry, I had to take myself off of mute, man. You had me laughing over here, calling us old. Um, I, I agree with you in the sense of somebody needs to step up. I agree with you in a younger generation, the youth like Philip, you know, um, stepping into their role, right? But it's a situation where they have to, I mean, truly, truly be willing to take on that responsibility. And I think that's where the Lord provides that guidance, that understanding of the purpose that is given to them within it, possibly why he's on a phone call right now, right? But it's the idea of I don't I don't necessarily think it's just one person. I'm I'm always of a team mindset. I'm always on a we and a us type of deal because it's, it's really hard for me to believe that one man, so to speak, or one person, one person can gather a group of leaders, but like leadership is, is a calling, is a gift, is a, is a, is an anointing, as pastor said, right? So like, I mean, granted, I know we anoint Philip, but like he has to be willing to that, you know, to, to hear to that call, Right. And a lot of times I believe that the people that really know their purpose and understand their purpose and have that influence, right, or know how to, you know, gain influence will bring together those groups. I mean, when you ask Ms. Quick, you ask Twin, you ask Philip, you know, talking about who are our leaders right now, man, there's a lot of people that have shunned the leadership position, as Pastor has said, right? As Pastor has said, hey, there's a lot of people that just aren't willing to step up to be the leader that, you know, God has called them and placed them to be. Too much is given, much is required, right? So the idea of this one man or this one woman, right, Stacey Abrams, man, what a blessing that she ain't mm-hmm. had to go through her first, you know, term as governor, with COVID-19, and thank goodness it was Kemp that had to take the brunt of that stick, you know what I mean? Like, just had to, like, really get beaten down by this in order for you to see the selfishness behind that one man, which is why I say a team of individuals coming together that can speak for the people are held accountable by the people, but then also by them, you know, by their peers, right, by this group to where the infiltration of dishonesty or, you know, thievery, so to speak, bribery, so to speak, um, doesn't come into play. So a team of influential people that have been given a lot need to give back. Like I've always said, get rich and give back. To me, that's the win-win. So, like, for those folks that have that influence, for those folks that have that, you know, direction, that following type deal, You've been placed in a leadership position. You're not, but you're not taking it. You're not taking it as serious as, you know, it's been given to you. Type deal. And there's a lot of people ready to follow, but not a lot of direction being given. And I think the church has, unfortunately, 
misused its influence to a certain degree, some church, like majority of the churches, I'm going to say, for majority of the population, you know, has made it. And that could be a media ploy, whatever you want to call it, um, to create this narrative behind what the church is or who it is. But like for a long time, the church has been unable to, you know, kind of come together within different um, theologies to stand up and say, hey, we're as one. We're a people, right? We're believers all together. And we are speaking on behalf of the people. Like, there's very few people that I see out there right now that's speaking on behalf of the people. But if you, to me, gather in numbers, the numbers game, if you gather in numbers, now, just as CNN is seeing, just as the different cities are seeing, you know, man, these these numbers are coming out. Okay, it's a reality. I mean, you gonna have some folks that are out there for different agendas, but to me, that's where the group weed that out. That's where we weed that out. Aspect. Hey, nah, this isn't this isn't a leader. Like a lot of people are placed in leadership positions right now for the search of a leader that aren't really leaders. They aren't they aren't actually leaders. They're just popular by demand. Because they it's got funny the you say that. It's funny you say that because there's a lot of people who has the money, who y'all put, in, who y'all follow because they have money, but they're they're not leaders. They they got their money from someone else. They mm-hmm. have their position from someone else. I'm talking about the leader who has his from God, because remember, just I don't know if you heard, but I told Philip have his relationship with God. Let God. No, I heard that. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's for, for me. That's the prerequisite. Right. I don't care about your application. Before you even have your name on the application, you should have. It should be. Do you have a relationship? You gotta with God? have your one on one. Twin, yeah, what's your thoughts? You need to have your one on one. Go ahead. Absolutely. I hardly agree. Um, you gotta ask God for direction to figure out what you want to do and figure out what really what figure out what he wants you to do. Um, just because the country is in search of a leader, that doesn't mean that that calling is for you. He may want you to lead on a local level, on a city level. So it's one of the things you gotta do, like you said, you gotta pray, ask God for guidance on what you want to do, because like you said, there's a lot of people who are in positions who basically have no leadership whatsoever. They're just there. And when situations come up where the country is looking towards the leader because of your title, you're the most quiet when the leadership is really needed at that time. And that kind of shows you really what a leader truly is or what that particular person is regarding leadership is when in the midst of adversity, where are you for the direction? Mm. Are you quiet or are you standing up and taking a lead or are you giving direction? Are you, how are you responding? How are you, you encouraging or helping the people in the midst of adversity? And and when I was going through this, a lot of leaders have been quiet. 
they haven't been on the forefront. Like Ms. Quick said, where's Al Sharpton? Where's Jesse Jackson? Where are the people who always used to be on the front line when things like this happen? Where are they at? Why aren't they out? Why isn't somebody out that is giving the direction? And you have people in political offices, people in churches, where where the mega church is at. It's like where are the people who you would normally, I guess, look for leadership? They're non-existent. So then you have to actually have that conversation with God and say, well, God, what do you want me to do? Is there something you want me to do and how to do it? Because one thing for God to say, I want you, you know, God to put you in a position, but it's another thing for you allowing God to lay the foundation and preparing you to get in that position so that when you get there, you do it effectively like God wants you to do it rather than your own devices and you cause more damage than help. Mm. So, like, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Leadership is needed, but the right person is the one that's going to be needed to actually bring this together and affect the change that really needs to happen and make sure that this doesn't go quiet and be pushed under the rug again like it's done before. I but, agree. My, I was, my, I was just simple, I'm simply saying, and then it don't have to be you, Philip, per se. All I'm simply saying Correct. is and we I'm need not young asking blood. for it to be me. No, hear me out. All I'm saying is we need mm-hmm. some young blood. We've been, we've mm-hmm. had old people in these positions forever, and they still have these old mindsets, right? So if we have young bloods in here, they can refresh some things. That's that's all I'm saying. But we do, we do. I'm, I'm me personally. I'm tired of Jesse Jackson. You know, I'm tired of Al Sharpton. They only come around when the damn camera rolling. You dig? I'm, mm, I, yeah. I need. I, we want a real leader, right? We can't say that yeah. that it's this guy who's in office because right. he's just like the rest of them. You're, he's yeah. just like the rest of them. Meaning, you know, you you send people out, you have people out, but you're not out. A leader. If I was leader, shit, I'm on the ground with everybody else. I'm gonna be the first one to fire the shot. Boom, charge, let's fight. I'm not going to sit up in the office and send other people out. That's not a leader. That's a fucking coward. And excuse my language because y'all just kind of. Our kids are the ones that's out here fighting. Our kids mm. are the ones that they're rolling in on Jeeps. It's our kids. It's not his kids. Our kids are the ones that's getting killed. Our kids are having a conflict of interest. It's not his. So I am truly pissed off because he is, quote, unquote, the leader of the free world, and this is what he's doing. That's not what a leader does, especially, especially if he's taking his orders and direction from God. Pastor, please forgive me. Miss Quick, forgive me. Pastor, what's your thoughts? Um, regarding leadership, you know, the the, the folk that um, make the best leaders, the true leaders, you know, are really supposed to be the best followers. If you if you haven't followed, if you have not submitted to something greater than you, you have no business trying to lead. And as far as the church is concerned. 
There's a reason why I have the name pastor. Uh, pastor means I'm leading a group of people, but not a nation. You know, when I have the word name pastor, I'm leading that congregation. And sometimes we ask people to step outside of uh, their abilities, their anointing, their strengths to do things that they're not qualified uh, to do. And if you do that, uh, you know, the church is the place where we're supposed to help develop the leaders. You know, that's the meeting place. That's the huddle, you know. Uh, and that's why you see a lot of them out there. And because uh, the true leader is not going to wear a T-shirt that says, you know, the name of their church. You're not promoting your church, you know. Uh, and that's what a lot of folk out there are doing now. We need someone that has followed, that has, you know, uh, you know, if you look biblically, you know, God chose, after Moses, he chose Joshua. But Joshua had been following Moses to see how this thing is supposed to be done. And I think we missed the generation, to be honest with you. Uh, for so long, I guess everybody in the free world assumed that it was uh, uh, Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton. But to be honest with you, um, I think their season has, has passed. I'm not saying they weren't leaders at one time. But the reason they don't not say anything is because they don't have a voice now. That's not who it's supposed to be now. I think that it's, it's another season, it's another time, and I believe that leader's going to emerge. And I think that's quick that it, you know, it may not be a man. It may not be uh, a known person. It may be someone that, you know, we've never heard of, but God has been preparing them behind the scenes. And that's Again, that's what he did with David. David was out tending sheep. Now, he wasn't even invited when his leader was supposed to be chosen, but eventually uh, he was chosen. And even after he was chosen, he went back to tending sheep. And it took uh, a big monster like Goliath. Goliath showed up and started to threaten everybody. David just was going out to just take some food to um, his brothers. And when Goliath started yelling and screaming and raising fans, that that power rose up in David, and David realized who he was, and David took his rightful place then. And that's why I say that this between this COVID-19 and also all that's going on, uh, you know, with this murder in Minneapolis, I believe that all of this is going to force that leader uh, to, to be revealed, and that leader's going to stand and uh, take his rightful place. And I think he's going to be, uh, this leader is going to be somebody that trains the trainers. In other words, it will be a figurehead, but uh, it'll be strategic. It'll be, you know, I'm not going to say one over the south, one over the east, one over the north. I don't know how it's going to be done, but uh, it's going to be a hierarchy. And the reason I say that is because you just can't put one person in place and not have a, a backup plan or not have, you know, somebody in case this leader falls or whatever. It's time for things to be put in order. That's really basically what I'm trying to say. So after one is that one is going to be identified, that one is going to have the power and the ability to, to uh, strategically, you know, put the others in place so that this thing can get done uh, all around the world. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. And as bad as it is, I have to stand on what the Bible says, and it says that all things work together for our good. And so right now we may not see it, but it's caused us to come together. 
It's caused us to get mad enough to change. It's caused us to, you know, take a stand, whereas before we were sitting down. And now we understand why we got to take our rightful place. I mean, if you don't have a leader in your family, the family falls apart. One of the reasons the black family fell apart was there was no leader there. There there was absolutely no leader there. And uh, so the black church, there's really no leaders. You got some money-hungry pastors and some money-hungry deacons or whatever, but there's really no leadership. And when you don't have the proper leadership, then the church is ineffective. So leadership matters. Leadership matters. That brother that said he hadn't seen a leader for 23 years, uh, that's a powerful, powerful thing that he said, but it's also sad. But, again, God is not going to leave his people without a leader. And I know that uh, all of this adversity is going to birth that leader some kind of way. That leader will be revealed. And the other thing about this is I really believe, and I'm I'm not trying to sway you guys one way or the other, but sometimes in order to get the right leader, you first of all got to get the wrong one out of the way. And so I believe in November we're going to see something that needs to take place. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that that will take place at the ballot box. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, Pastor, I have a question for you. Let's take this time and quick. Let's let's make sure everybody registers to vote and go and vote. Go ahead, Philip. Yeah. Um, you were talking about organizing uh, a team, organizing support underneath that leader. Um, so, and this is something I've been thinking about, you know, okay, there's people my age going out to protest. And the difference is that there's, I mean, these are folks coming out of college. You know, you just clock out, clock out your job and you go out there, you got your sign ready. Like, and I've seen people, you know, get pushed around, you know, get punched, get beat, you know, whatever. We've all seen the videos, but the difference is, you know, back in the civil rights movement, like you had SNCC, you had SCLC, like you had people, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. Like, like how is, as we're talking about the new norm, like, well, is, is this a new norm on how the police are going to treat us? Because if that's the case, well, how can we prepare ourselves for that? How can we know, okay, well, when someone comes up to you and, you know, yeah, you're going to get hit with a nightstick or you're going to get punched around, you know, well, this is how you need to move to take those shots. This is, okay, yeah, does that make sense? I'm not sure how to word that, but how to have that training when in these protests opposed to just, you know, bring goggles because they're going to tear mask or tear gas you because that's, how does that help? Well, in reality, one of, the, one of the things that they really – that's really never discussed is that during uh, the 60s, when when all the uh, marching was going on and Dr. King was leading, they literally had held classes on how to handle this. They would literally bring in uh, white guys, the Caucasians, that would get in their faces, call them niggers, spit in their face, and show them how to handle this. I mean, they, they did this, so we're, even though we're calling it a new norm, we're really going back to the way that we were successful the first time. Because, again, you got to understand, I mean, I don't care what we do, racism, prejudice, and hatred will always exist. It's going to be down there. 
we've got to know how to strategically handle it. Yes, leadership will matter. Yes, putting the people in the right place, getting the right representation in the police department, in the Senate, in the Congress, in the White House, all that will make a difference. But we also got to uh, teach tolerance. We've got to know how to handle attacks, and we've got to know how to counterattack. We've got to know all of this stuff. And again, in the 60s, this, this is something that was practiced. This is something that was rehearsed. You know, if they're going to say right. this, then how are you going to respond? I mean, it's a known thing. This is documented that this did take place in the 60s. They had to know how to handle the dogs and know how to handle the fire hoses and know how to, you know, all these things. So, you know, and people went out understanding that, you know, I may be um, that sacrificial lamb. I may be willing to, I may have to give up, you know, my life or my time or whatever it takes to to prove to move things in the right direction. So we got to have a change of mindset, change of attitude. We really do. But you are correct. We have to, um, you know, and that's what that leader would do is help to mobilize the people to say, listen, let's let's have these conversations. That you're no longer a person. We are a people. We got to become one mm. again. Because what we were doing is we were operating as individuals rather than a team. And that's, that's how you, you know, that's how you were defeated because you're going out there alone. You never go alone. You got to go, you know, there's an old saying, but there's unity, there's strength. There's truth in that. There's truth in that. Jesus never sent out a disciple alone. He would always send them out in groups of two, four, six, eight, whatever. You never, you never go out alone. And so when you go out, you got to have the same attitude that I have, whether you're in Minneapolis or whether you're in Atlanta. And unfortunately, we're not doing that. Unfortunately, we're going out and, and acting as rogues or individuals, and that's why we're being, you know, uh, we're losing the battles. But if we go out together, you know, we got to be smart, man. We just got to be smart. So there's a lot of work to do. I mean, a lot of work. There's grassroots roots, uh, work that has to be done. There is just, it's just so much. But again, it never would take would have taken place unless all this happened. And so, you know, out of the turmoil, out of the ashes, you know, um, everything is going to arise. The Bible says I'll give you beauty for the ashes. So we got some ashes now. Yes, we do. And so beauty is going to come out of it. I really do believe that. Now, can I give you the other side of that spectrum? Yes, sir. I, yes, I, I, I hear you. Believe me, I do. And, you know, I respect what you're saying. This country, it 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 responds. It's influenced by money, sex, and violence. For the longest time, we have said that we're willing to die, and you know what they said? They said, "Okay, good, because we're willing to kill you." Mm. But not one time have anybody said that I'm willing to kill. Because I'm tired of y'all killing me. Now, are y'all willing to die? I know y'all willing to kill, but are y'all willing to die? Because on Christ, on the black fist and everything I love, I am willing to kill. Because I have people to protect. Hmm. I believe that that can be that difference. Well, now here's a a question. Like I said, pastor got his, his way, and I respect it. 
and everybody got a role. My role isn't that way. Because uh, I'm for tolerance, but I also know, look, I, I live in the suburbs in Atlanta. I know if things go a certain way here, every every family up here is armed. They got guns, and they're itching to use them. And um, my friend, he's taking me to a range, so that way, you know, okay, he's he's got weapons for me. Well, if I'm going to have to handle AR-15, at least I know how to use it. But like you said, you're willing to kill. How many people do you think in our community can go toe-to-toe handling a gun, just handling a gun properly where – because Trump, he's pretty much putting in martial laws, you know? So who are we fighting in this battle? Not only are we fighting the idea of racism, but we're fighting a tangible army. Like, it, it's hard to see the hope in that, in my eyes. Now, and, please, in war. y'all hear me wrong. In, in war, surprise yeah. is the element. Surprise is the element. Surprise is that winning factor every time. What is the surprise? The surprise is stop going and telling everybody your business, meaning you don't mm-hmm. need to go and tell everybody and register in all your guns because they're going to go by your address and pull up that you got this gun, this gun, this gun, this gun, and this gun. That's what we come to get. Mm. They're not going to go to the to, to old boy who, who bought the gun on the street, and I'm not condone him, but just follow me without the serial number because they right. don't know he had it. But when they come through his door to violate him and he kick him back off the porch, then I know they went in the wrong well, there door. There you go. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. As soon as, as soon as you come and take everything away from me that I can protect my family, now I got to sit here and watch you violate my wife? Come on, man. Is that the, the direction that, you think this is going? That, that assault rifle would not be the only thing you have to worry about. You have to worry about the assault knife, the assault canned goods, the assault whatever I use to kill you. Mm. But remember, my number one obligation is to protect my family. Right. By any means necessary. Just like that. Right now, what's your thoughts? Church. Well, I'm saying preach on what you're talking about over here. Hey, that's when you when you got them when you got them young ones. Hey, when you got them young ones, you got to know. Hey, I got a bigger, I got even a greater calling than, you know, my leadership to, this world. I got to lead these to my family. Yeah, I got to lead these people first, right? I got to get this team first online to be able to where they can, you know, not only know their rights, know their protection, but know, you know, how to, like my wife says, shift and move, right? You got to know how to shift and move. And it's not a, it's not a game. You know, this is, this is seriousness and it's a reality that's out there that you need to be aware of. And, you know, the whole, like I, I tell you all day, I got trust issues, but it's because of my past. It's because of my experience, right? I pass on my trust issues, but I am going to pass on that awareness of what to and not to do type deal. But even in that, mm-hmm. you got to make your own choices. 
you got to make your own decisions on what you're going to stand for and what you're not. And for me and my house, we're going to praise the Lord and we're going we're gonna to stand firm on that belief type deal. But um, for yourself that, you know, like quick, like you said, right, hey, you know, it's, there's no reason to publicize anything that you might have. That's where we that's where we go wrong. Like you said, the element of surprise, right? Like this is surprising to them that not only black America but also people that care about black America, right, that are influenced by black America will stand up for somebody that they didn't know a week ago. Mhm. It was. Yeah. It was all good just a week ago. And then this happened, and then they everybody been sitting in the house and watching it over and over, and it's just like, yo, enough is enough. We won't stand for it anymore. I was watching an interview with Tupac, and he was like, hey, you know, a lot of riots happen because of marches that go unheard. You know, unfortunately, like I said, you have those folks that have um, alternative agendas that are out there. But, like, it's like, hey, you know, Please stop shooting us. Please stop shooting us. Hey, we still keep getting shot at or we still keep getting killed in these streets by those that are sworn in to protect us. Why are they why are the protectors enforcing a level of fear in order to control us? That's not protection. That's not protection, that's not showing love. And so this mm-hmm. I mean hey. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I can, I can run with this. I can run on a tangent, seriously, with this thing. But Doc, like, hey, it's a reality. Doc, go. Doc, Doc, what's your thoughts, my brother? Uh, I agree <laughs> with everything right now said. You know, it's it's one of the things where, like, yeah, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your family, uh, and do so by any means necessary for what you feel you have to do for your household. And like you said, right now it's the thing where, you know, element of surprise, they don't have to know everything you got going on in your house, what you got to protect your family. But the other element of surprise is that you may not think that my neighbor may not grab something and come on through if you come up in my house the wrong way. And now you think you just got me to deal with, but you got the whole neighborhood to deal with. So, you know, it's, it's one of the things where this is kind of bringing people together, and and it ain't just our fight. It's becoming more than just our fight and, and more than just us uh, defending ourselves and more than just us trying to protect ourselves. It's everybody standing with us saying, we support you all in this. It's wrong. Like I saw a video of people standing outside in Paris, and I was shocked to see everybody flooding the streets in Paris. Like, wow, it's reaching over there, and they stand there standing with us. So it's like you're, you're putting yourself in a position now where you can be the island if you want to, but don't think that it's just us by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I think they don't realize, or maybe they may be trying to turn a blind eye to it like they do everything else, thinking that it's just going to be the same old, same old, but this time they're going to probably get a different result and a different reaction as well. Mhm. I agree, Pastor. 
Yes, sir. I just want to make sure I ain't, uh, I ain't run you off, man. You know, I love you like a brother, man. So please give us something, man. <laughs> nah, I'm going to say this because uh, we need to hear every side right. of it. But I will say this. I think that I know that we have a responsibility uh, to protect our families and all of that. But don't ever want to get to the point where you're, um, quote, unquote, fighting fire with fire. A lot of times, you know, we we got guns, they got guns, I got that. And you said something that um, I got to get an understanding of. You said, okay, um, you know, people say we are willing to die, and then they're willing to kill us, which is which is very true. But they've never said they're willing to die, and we're say we need to say we're willing to kill them. And the only problem that I got with that, or the one problem that I have with it, and I have to say this, is the fact that protecting our family is one thing, but just going out and killing is something entirely different. Because what will happen is if we do just go out and, and just arbitrarily kill, now what we've done is we've broken the law of God. And the reason I bring it up is if, as long as we're protecting our families, you know, uh, and, and we're doing that, you know, because we love them. Now, that's one thing, but when we go out there just to kill because they killed one of us, now we stepped outside the will of God. So if we're protecting our family, God's got his hand on that. But if we're going out just killing because we're angry, God has nothing to do with that. And when you get God off of your side, now this is going to become a competition. They got a gun, we got a gun. Who got the best shot? Who got the best weapon? Who got the best training? And anytime there's a competition, somebody's going to lose. And so as long as we are willing to do this thing and do it the way that God wants it done, we'll get the victory. But in the meantime, there may be some, some, some hurt, some pain, some frustration. It may be, and I'm just as tired of it. Matter of fact, I, you know, I'm going to just say it this way. I, I, I'm kind of like a little more tired of it than the rest of you guys, because I'm older, number one. And then number two, uh, you know, I've got people constantly coming to me and uh, wanting to, uh, to, to one or two things. One, they want answers. They want to know, what do we do? They want to know that. And number two, they want me to stand up and, 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 and lead the march in my community. Or stand up and grab some pastors and let's, let's get some work done or whatever. So, you know, I am I'm fed up with it. I'm sick of it. It makes me sick to my stomach. I can't hardly handle thinking about this guy, you know, on, with, with his last few seconds of breath calling for his mama. I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it hurts me. But at the same time, I've got to stay in alignment with what God says. He said, don't kill. Now, if you break in my house, you get what you get. You get what you get. I didn't kill. I protected. But now, if I just get no, angry no. and I go out there, I go out there with my AK. Now, now I'm overstepping my bounds. Now, Pastor, me. you said in the beginning yes, now about Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if they draw down on you and I kill them, I am essentially doing what Moses has done. I'm protecting you. I'm defending your life. It, exactly, and that's I what I'm saying. Protect, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on the thing. offense. I'm not, I'm not on the offense. All I'm simply right. saying is, 
when you draw yours, I'm not I'm not killing a a a, a good white guy or, or a good black guy. I'm killing somebody with bad intentions. I got you. I'm killing somebody with with his gun drawn down on this guy and his this guy on his knees. Right. That's to, that's totally two different things, right there. And in my in my estimation, that's justified because it's either going to be killed or be killed, point blank. But you, I'm just saying that's, that's because all I'm, I'm angry. I'm, yeah, but but if I'm angry and I got an AK in my house and I said, you know what, I'm gonna go and get prepared for them. And just they're not coming in my house. They don't see me, but I, I'm perched up on some hill somewhere. And as soon as I see twelve coming by, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get me a few of them. Now I'm here. Yeah, no, no, no. That's just okay, violence. Right. I don't condone We're violence. Now. We good. I don't condone <laughs> violence. We are good. No, 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 no. Good. I don't we condone violence. So, Mr. Quick, just to make sure I'm following yes. you correctly, you're saying you meet them at the front line, and when they pull their piece, you got your piece in the truck waiting for them. Uh, just no. Listen. It's not in the truck. <laughs> what good no, is it in you, the truck? You got in the no, you got it in the cut. You got it right there, ready on. I keep beside me because if yes, I tell you I'm going to kill you, I am leaving the house prepared got it on. to do so. If I'm going Dang, to protect, so you, when, if I'm going right. to protect you, I am willing to. I, I have my shield. I have my 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 bag. I have whatever I need to follow that intention to protect you. To protect you, not saying I'm going to be on the offense. Correct. I'm not saying that if I'm just going to start shooting the first thing I see. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. All I'm simply saying is if I see you in distress, you're on your knees, your, your hands behind mm-hmm. your head, and this guy has zeroed in on the back of your head, I believe that it is my duty, my brotherly duty, my godly duty to help preserve your life. So... Now here's a, here's a question for you, okay? Or just scenario. So, in these videos, right, that we're all seeing, do you think we should be interfering? You think we should hop in and just pull that cop off of that man, or like you're saying, interfering yes. and take that man's life so that man's life can be saved? That, that's what you're getting at. It ain't even got to. It ain't necessarily got to yeah, take his life. Ready for but you, t- tackle this man. Tackle him. Right. Get him off of him. Give him another two seconds to breathe. That's all I'm saying. If you kneeling on this man's neck, you are not protecting and serving. You are you are not a cop at this moment. You're a man that's protect that's mm. wearing a badge. Two totally different things. Because you have bad intentions. You have evil intentions. And like Pastor was just saying when he talked about Moses, God protected Moses when he did that, that deed. You do that deed, you may, yeah, you may go to jail, but you may not even get convicted. Hell, you might not even go to jail. Right. Because they don't want that to come out because now you make it right. look bad. Who knows? That's not my call. Oh, All I'm simply saying is do something other than record it. I, I believe said, throw it. your I phone at I believe it's in the right of somebody or it's in the purpose, I should say, of somebody to record it and then somebody to interfere. Because everything needs to be recorded, number one. 
because the narrative can be changed depending upon yeah, it can. who's who's on the defense. I never would say that you meet the front line with a gun. They got guns, we got guns. I, I never would say that because that gives them an excuse to shoot to kill, open fire. Type deal. But they're doing so it anyway. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying I'm not drawing on, and I'm not suggesting anybody to draw on others that are carrying as well because, as you know, or as you should know, as a as a licensed carrier, like you you pull that at, at the last. That's that's your that's your last option. Mm-hmm. You pull that gun out as your last option. You, type deal. you you you. I think I think the disconnect is you make it seem like like you just go around pulling your gun on anybody. Okay. Mm-mm. If all I'm simply saying to you is, let's say I'm sitting in my car. Hands on the steering wheel, right? And this guy walks up. He already have his weapon drawn. You've already shown me you have intentions on killing me. Why else is your weapon out? If you come to give me a ticket, you need to have your ticket book. If you come to ask me if everything okay, you wouldn't have your weapon out. Because remember, if you pull it, you better use it. Yep. Your intentions well, were messed up when you got out, when you stepped out. When you unholstered your weapon, you've already said what? I'm going to kill him. Now, whether you follow through with it is on you. But when you got out your car and unholstered your weapon, that was your intention. Idea of, of fear that a police officer, should, officer shouldn't have when interacting or encountering anyone. The training should have been prepared enough to not be fearful to the point that they pull, they draw first. We're talking two different things. I'm not talking about how you feel. I'm not talking about your idea. I'm talking about your intention. The moment you took it out, your, your intentions have been clear. Now, if you walk to the side of the car because you're, you know, you cautious? That doesn't necessarily mean your weapon is out. That's fear. That's cautious. But when you have your weapon out, your intention is to kill me. Two totally different things. Twin, what's your thoughts? I agree with you uh, with regards to the intent. Um, a person's action uh, speaks a lot. And if you watch a person, like you say, if you're fearful, there are certain actions you'll display showing that you're fearful. If you're coming at me with your weapon drawn and you haven't even made it to my car door, and I'm just suggesting that I'm stopped on the side of the road, you'll pull me over. And you haven't even made it to my car door to ask me, like you said, what's wrong, why you pulled me over, and the first intention for you is to pull your gun and then bring that to my door, your intentions is wrong. Your intentions is that this situation is probably going to go really, really bad because you already are in a different mindset 
than just pulling me over for whatever reason you pull me over. And a situation is heightened because of that, you know, and like it could be training. It could be different things that need to happen, training, leadership. It could be all of those things that really what made you feel in that particular point, you pulled me over, and now you're so fearful that you have to bring a gun to my door to just that should maybe a routine traffic stop or a, tra- a stop that you're doing for me, whether it's a taillight out, uh, speeding, why should your gun be drawn? That doesn't rise to the level that that is necessary. And like I said, that puts you in a position of, okay, what do I need to do? Because I feel like my life is about to be in danger. And situations go wrong because of that, because you see their intentions as clear, or at least appears to be clear, but what do you do? And then that's the situation where training do need to come in with that. Like I think um, Pastor may have been saying, uh, when you have a leader, uh, and I think the young man was saying that, where there was the leadership to train people to deal with those situations so it doesn't happen. And I think it's a fault with leadership, with process. Like if you, if there was a process to really weed some of this out, put them on a lot of tests or do something and bring a black person in front of them. See if their emotions and stuff go off the charts and stuff like that to see if they have an inkling of racism or something in it. Find a way to figure out a way rather than putting them in a situation where they do not like black people, but then you put them in a neighborhood to the fact that they feel fearful all the time that at any moment they want to pull their gun out and believe that's the answer. And it's, it's about finding the way, finding what needs to be done and then following through to make sure that gets done. That I agree. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? Uh, a couple things. One, I think the worst thing you can do is give a give a fearful man a gun. Obviously, that's why we are where we are. So if if you are fearful, then being a cop is not the job for you because you cannot be afraid if you're going to be in a position where you're dealing with people who are committing crimes and, you know, breaking the law on a regular basis. Find something else to do. Shit, teach. Doesn't matter to me. If you are afraid, then you should not own a gun or have access to a gun. Um, First. Second, I mean, you know, I I agree, you know, there are a lot of different perspectives. Um, They, you know, like the husband said, you know, We've said that we're willing to die, um, and they've said we're good because we're willing to kill. Cool, and that's what's happening. Um, on the flip side of that, I, if we stand up and say, well, guess what? You come over here, we are willing to kill. I think that they would change their story because they're not ready to die, and that is the problem. They are afraid. So in fear, having a gun, they are killing us because they are afraid um, and because they can. They've been getting away with it. So, and, and you know, call me crazy or, you know, I don't know, but, but for me, I've always been a person to say I don't want to own a gun because if I ever own a gun, I will use it. Um, because 
I am going to protect myself. And, you know, now that I have children, I'm going to protect my kids at all costs. Um, if, if, if I were at the scene of George Floyd, I don't know what I would have done. But I do believe that if I would have had a gun and I would have fired, maybe not at the cop, maybe a distraction, maybe to create some other nuisance for them to get the focus off of him so that he could have a few more seconds to, to breathe. I don't know what I would have done. I wouldn't have been recording it. I do know that. Um, I wouldn't have been silent. I do know that. Um, so I think that there, you know, there are a lot of different perspectives, which is cool. And, you know, I don't think that any single one is right or wrong. It's about what you're willing to do. Now, if if my husband is not home and somebody like the paramedic who got killed, you know what I mean? She was sitting in her home. If my husband is not home and somebody runs up in my door, best believe whatever it is we have, I'm using it to protect my kids. And if I go in the process, then that's what's meant to happen for me. Uh, maybe because I'm not afraid. So, you know, I think that, you know, again, it's it's about what, you know, we are willing to do. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go out here and say I'm willing to say I'm willing to die, but I am willing to, you know, do the best I can to protect myself and my children before somebody takes me out of here. I mean, I'm not going down without a fight. Point blank, period. I'm not going to protest in the front line holding. I'm not going to protest at all because that ain't what I do. I'm staying home to protect mine. Thank you. Phil, what, what you got to say? What's your thoughts? Um, I'm soaking this in. I'm listening, y'all. I mean, I'm not sure. That's fair. I would, <laughs> That's fair too. <laughs> just, just to just to really be honest, I'm just trying to listen, pick up what y'all are saying. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I should go protest, just to keep it a buck. Cause I well, I'm worried about that. What you gonna protest? My, that's 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 one of my questions. What are we protesting for? What's our ideas? What are we? Equality. There you to, go. Not even I'm not even you. equality. Just to 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 not be killed, you know. But we're getting killed at protests. So so what's it proving? It's like we're continuing to fight a losing battle. So how how can we fight a new fight? Does that make sense? Mhm. But like Ronnell, what's your thoughts mm-hmm. on this young brother? Man, I'm listening to him, and I mean, you know, it's right now the protest seems to be a lot of people following, just to follow. Mhm. And yeah. a lot of trends, and I mean, almost like it's so. Yeah. Almost like, hey, it's it's really cool to be down there protesting and following, but like, who are who are you following and who is leading this conversation mm-hmm. and this protest to the sense of like the purpose behind it being achieved? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we protest. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, I think, I think the world is recognizing more and more that people feel like black lives matter. Okay. Well, now what, you know, like you said, 
quick, like the question you posed, right? Now what? Like who's standing up there at the Capitol building that's talking to the people and sharing their concerns and voicing it to the point where, you know, the other side is listening? Or those that may want to be educated because they do feel bad on the stuff that they haven't known of that's been going on or shunned a blind eye, so to speak, right? Ignored Uh-oh. because it wasn't mm-hmm. their, because it wasn't their reality. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't their reality. Who's speaking to them and who's telling them like, hey, no, this is our reality. If this is our reality, this is everyone's reality. Thank mm-hmm. you. Right? I'm I'm being arrested. I'm being I'm being shot at. I'm being tased just by being black. And they've criminalized like being black. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you got to understand and know what's your purpose behind going to protest. Number one, I would say if you're my child, hey, you protesting during the daytime. At night, you in the crib. Yeah. Protest, I mean, I don't see no social distance in that effect. So, I guess ain't nobody respecting the fact that, you know, a, a COVID-19 type. Right. <laughs> like COVID That's out, out the window. window. Mm-hmm. But the, Listen, but with black that, folks right? been getting killed long before COVID came along, bro. Right, 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 right. So, so we, we have another to, pandemic that we need to address. This provided an opportunity to to assemble. Which you know, if COVID is what COVID is, then hell, uh, you know, they welcome us coming together and being <laughs> being a large group. Right. Yeah, but an evil person is still an evil person. And that's all I'm saying. You know, we we talking about COVID, and COVID took distracted us from, from this that was going on. That's why, you know, the guy in Brunswick, it was two months before yep. it was even heard about. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. Because COVID had, had hogged up the airways. But the reality of it is, it was going on long before COVID. I believe COVID was a distraction, truthfully. Truthfully. That's me personally. But the fact of the matter is, the same way. this has been going on, and it, and it still hasn't been addressed or resolved. Y'all addressed and, and, and damn resolved COVID. Y'all have addressed and resolved the opioid situation, y'all address and resolve, you know, the mistreatment of animals. But why not address and resolve the mistreatment of people of color? There's more time and more fines for you hunting outside of a season than it is for you hunting down a black man. These are the things that we need to address and resolve. Yeah, I'm floored by that last statement. You said what? Uh, I'm just I'm shocked, but like how you put that. There's there's more time and more fines for hunting down an animal out of season than hunting down a black man. That's real, <laughs> bro. They taking your guns. They taking your license. 
finding you the whole nine. Yeah. For hunting the deer out of season. I just never seen it that way. That's so insane. <laughs> Bro, this is man, this this world that that we're living in and this time that we we we've come. Um we've been quiet long enough. We've been asking long enough. Now it's time to take it. You know what I mean? It's time to take our lives back. Y'all are taking yeah. our lives. It's time for us to take them back. Period. I believe biblically in the Egyptian times it was multiple gods. Everybody wasn't the peaceful. You had some people that was that was born in chaos. That that handles chaos well. You have some people that were born to kill. You have people who were born who were called to do what they were called to do. I do not believe that anybody was called to just lay down and get killed. I don't believe it. And please, I challenge anybody to prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. Please, please, because I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired. Maybe that's our role. I don't know. But show me somewhere where biblically, Quran, the, the Torah, whatever, show me where people were just destined to lay down and get killed. Show me. Twin, my brother, what's your thoughts? Just listening to you is 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 just it's so sad, you know. Um, like you said, like well, I agree with him. Like hearing you say that people can get more time and stuff for killing of animals than a black man. It just sometimes just listening to that just kind of takes you aback. And and just makes you kind of just be it's almost unfathomable that that is the case. But at the same point, I can see why. And not saying why because I understand it, but why because the people who speak out for it and do it and things of that nature. Uh, like I said, what we're going through right now um you know, people decide whether to protest or not. You're trying to see what the purpose, what are you really going out there to protest for? And you're doing all of this, you're protesting, you're vandalizing, you're, looting, you're doing all this stuff, and maybe you have some, the, maybe you have the right people's attention finally, but then there's nobody talking. There's mm-hmm. nobody actually coming to the table with ideas, solution. What do we do? You have our attention. You burn down certain cities. You burn down buildings. You burn down this. Who is there to take it to the next level and say, okay, this is what we need to have happen? And I don't see no one bringing those ideas to the forefront. Protesting is great. Doing what you're doing is great. But when are we going to now take it to the next level? 
and somebody put forth something that can actually make the change actually happen or at least push something forward for change to actually happen. And that's, I think, the part that some people may be questioning whether to protest or not because now you're in a place where, okay, I can go out here. I'm here to show support. I'm here to show numbers. But then what? Who, like I said, who's going to be able to take what the people are doing right now? Because you're getting the attention, getting the attention from up to the White House, down to the mayor's office. You're getting the political attention of people who they put in power. You're doing things to get their attention. So now what? Are they just going to sweep the loud? Are we going to allow them to sweep it under the rug again because they're saying, hey, you got our attention, but ain't nobody saying nothing. Y'all protesting, saying no justice, no peace, but ain't nobody bringing nothing. Ain't nobody putting nothing on the table to resolve it. Ain't nobody putting any ideas, making any laws. Uh, Ain't nobody doing nothing to really put something on the books that will make a change. So hopefully a leader do arise to give it the proper purpose, give it the proper voice, and run with it to actually see it be finished so that it can actually affect and make a, make the change that everybody is doing this for. But I would hate for this to all be done, the attention to be received, and then we go back and nothing actually ever really got done at the end of the day. We're back mm-hmm. in the same situation, same rules are on the book, there's nothing to hold nobody accountable then it was like, we did all of that? In vain. Yes. What now? No opportunity wasted. You got the attention. So, you have the attention right now. And say you, you find a leader, or you just find somebody brave enough to take that bullhorn. You know, and like everybody has been saying, I mean, the rioting, you mess up the money, people start paying attention. So is that our leverage? And if that is our leverage, well, then do you leverage that further and say, well, I'm just going to mess up until, okay, we got Chauvin and, and he's arrested. But third degree is not enough. Y'all know he killed that man. Y'all faked that autopsy report. Y'all got George Zimmerman walking around free for how many years now? It's like... Is that our leverage? Because I, I don't see the leverage we have in this situation. And that's just me keeping a straight buck. Because we have attention, but what can we put on the table? What we can put on the table is bodies, but bodies will put us in trouble. And we don't have the power at Capitol Hill. Like, we, we don't have the legal system on our side. So what can we bring to the table to make them want to move? We do have it on our side. We are Americans, right? That's what we we need equality. I, I'm right. not I'm not a subclass American. I'm not any type of such or such American. I am an American. Correct. Right. I I need you to treat me as such. That comes with equal justice. That comes with equal pay. That comes with equal recognition. Period. So when we are here with the bullhorn, this is what we. 
we, we need to ask because as long as you're different, we're going to treat you like you're different. If mm. you don't exist, if you, if you don't know who, who you are, I'm not going to try to figure out who you are. The, big, the worst thing you can do to a white man is show him that you are the same as him. The hue of your skin is just different. And that's not oh, even no. yeah. more physical. That's not squaring off with him because, you know, physically yeah. you're more dominant. But to show him that there's no different than you are. And I don't, I don't think there's a recognition of difference until you show them how better than you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've often been told, you know, in order to to get a job over your counterpart, white males, right, in order to get position, gain leverage, whatnot, you must be seen as better than. Like Barack Obama didn't get elected because he was – just as good as others. He had to be the best, the best of the best, so to speak, even in their eyes, in a sense. And that gave them the awareness of, hey, you know what? We might, we might could follow him. Type deal. So it's the ideal of being better, of being great, and like we've talked in past conversations um, on this, um, in this. In this venue, we talked of being better every day, right? The ideal of every day you have to be better than the last type deal. So the idea of, I mean, what what I believe and what I've seen is the thing that gains respect and the thing that gains recognition is that dollar being affected. You affect the dollar, hey, we listening. You I got it. My thoughts on that is this: We ain't got no words. Okay, so check this out. You say we we're not going. We're going to boycott Tuesday, right? Cool. Now, what we're going to do is we're not going to we're going to do this every month. Cool. So the business that we go to, that's when they had a sale. You know, y'all ain't gonna miss no sale. You dig? Or we'll rack up those prices during the week that y'all come. Because we're still going to get your money. It's just going to be disguised. See, the issue, we don't do away with it. They disguise it. We need for them to just do away with it. If you're going to say, you know what, we're going to affect your your dollar, th- there has to be an alternative. When they boycotted the buses, they had shuttles. They didn't, people didn't just start walking. They had an alternative. They had a solution. So you say no, we're not gonna we're gonna boycott Target, or we're gonna boycott Kraft because they made paper plates. But nobody else has came out with anything else that we could use. So, um, I think I was talking to you about this in a different conversation, talking about creating a necessary like if you create a need in the market, you'll sustain, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a room in the market for a black-owned supermarket? Is that even feasible? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because the Asian folk, they got H-Mart. You know, so what's stopping us? Bruh, you, 
so a black owned supermarket. Does right. that mean you're not gonna accept white people there there to, to buy eggs too? No. I'm not stopping that at all. White folks go to the beauty supply store. Uh, I'm, I'm just simply saying what what good is what why is that so important? Why don't you start your so business? that way but but that way I'm I'm black. If I start my supermarket but watch this. Then watch this though. Hold on, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Now okay. now that you started your business and what are you doing with the money? Because remember I told you in another conversation, we have two people, two types. You have leachers and you have teachers. You have these you 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 getting this money from the black community mm-hmm. and you're doing what with it? Are you putting kids to school? Are you what are you doing with it? Because now it's like you're leeching off the black community because you're mm. not giving money back to the black community. Mm. No, you, you gotta. My my goal is to help people get through school because the only way you can get out of any circumstance you're in is through education. Okay. And even if there that's just building a library, you have to feed your brain. There you go. So now you're a teacher. You're taking right. the money from the black community. And you're putting it back into the black community. You're being a teacher. But if you have that black-owned supermarket, then there's no need to build that target up the block. Watch this. Does that also make sense? The Asians, y'all go build, y'all go give the money to the Asians. What do they do for the black community? Nothing. Nothing. They, they, we allow them to leech off of us. Correct. They take our money and take it back to their community. Correct. So it's not necessarily being black owned. We need to get rid of our leechers because we have black owned leechers mm. as well. Joel Osteen, he got one of the mega churches. When it was when his people was in need, he said, "I can't yeah, open he the door." Down that church. Yeah. He felt that's that's a leech. Pastor, on the other hand, he can't get out there. He said, "I'll forfeit my salary." So I can help people That's a teacher man That's an example We got to get rid of leeches Whether they black Yellow Orange Whatever Multicolor Rainbow Bedazzled We got to get rid of the leeches In our community What's your thoughts? That was some good stuff, y'all. What you were saying, um, and you're absolutely correct. We do have to get rid of the leeches. We support so many other businesses and things of that nature who really doesn't do anything for us. Uh, but we support these places and things, whether it's convenience, you like it, I'm not sure. But um, I agree. I think we invest. Or if you own a business or we have, you invest in your own money, invest in something that invests in you, your community, um, your people. That way you're, you're teaching not only yourself, but you can teach others that, hey, there is another option. And, and some, some is it maybe they're not educated to know uh, or some they just don't want to know. It's pure convenience. Um, but I think it's, it's very good to – Think a little bit more uh, with regards to how you spend your money and where you spend your money, and think about does 
how does this benefit me, not just by buying what I'm buying, but does it also invest back into me? Does it also invest back into where I live? Um, I mean, that's a very good, very good thing to think about because there are a lot of leeches who just care about themselves. And as long as they get ahead, as long as they get there, who cares about the community? Who cares about that? My bank account looks good. Everything is good on my side. So why should I make that effort? Um, but it's, I think it's a very good business decision, a very good uh, mindset to have when you have, uh, like I said, just the churches in perspective. When churches can invest back in the community when they need it the most, that's when the churches really need to step up. Like even with now, um, even with COVID-19 and things going on, you know, people may not have financial means to do certain things, and if churches are able to invest back into those people who have paid money into the church, who have done things for them, and even if they didn't, but the church is doing well that they can invest in certain groups, uh, you know, feed the poor, things of that nature that can help people, you know, this is the time where you invest back in the community. And you look to see what businesses are doing. You know, what is your insurance company doing? What is your grocery store doing? These places you service over the years, over the years, paid money into them. Have they done anything to help people or help your community since things have been going on uh, before this, even with COVID? What have they done to step up and to invest back in to make sure you're okay? And, you know, I think right now is a place people can be in to actually take a look and see okay, I invested money into these places, what have they done? And I think people sit back and look right now, you can really probably be able to vividly see uh, which places people and companies are being leeches and which one are really being teachers and making a step forward to uh, say that, hey, we appreciate what you invested into us. Now, now that this is going on, let us take this time to invest back into you. I agree. Ronnell, what's your thoughts, my brother? I ain't gonna forget about you. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where do they invest in us. Oh, where do they invest in <laughs> us? Like, like, what direction do we give them if they say, "Hey, we got checks, right?" And we're willing to invest in, you know, you all, your cause and your efforts. Again, going back to leadership, right? Like, there's no group nor individual. Aside from, if you want to go to uh, former President Obama to say, "Hey, where where does this you know where do these funds where does this energy be best allocated to?" Because for majority of us, prior to coronavirus, it was like that have you know obtained some level of success. It was like we figured out a way for us but not necessarily for everyone. And to me, the main thing is, man, create the opportunity, right? Have money set aside to hire more of us. Quit, you know, do away with some of the laws and the things that devalue the humanization of us. When I say us, I mean black or uh, colored Americans, (laughs) people of color. Right, provide that same opportunity in a sense of like the the fairness aspect is just completely unfair. And for us, we have to come together and say, hey, you know, fair is me bringing up my 
young black men or, you know, people of color to educate them on not only life, but also the society in which they live in and how to live it better, how to benefit off of the fruits of the land, so to speak. And until that, I mean, until that happens, I mean, we're just going to continue to be in this merry-go-round, so to speak. We continue continue to go around and around. People get killed. People get hurt. I mean, if you, like I heard somebody saying, man, attack the pension of, you know, police officers if you want them to stop, you know, police brutality. You know, there shouldn't be a second chance for a police officer. Like, you know, when you say there's one bad apple in the bunch, man, I heard uh, Chris Rock on one of these uh, social media outlets, he he was saying something um, during one of his stand-ups, and he was just like, you know, they talk about, you know, hey, that's not all police, it's just a bad apple, right? Well, it's like, damn, you know, I don't know many bad apples in other businesses that continue to be employed, continue to do what they do, being a bad apple, right? When you identify them as being a bad apple, like Ms. Quick said, Hey, you know, deeper background checks, you know, having them having an understanding of uh, the morals of the job and the people. So if you are posting things on one side versus another, if you are aligning yourself with a hate group or whatever the fact is, whatever the case may be, you need to come under scrutiny to a sense to where you lose that you lose your pension, you lose your livelihood. And until that is. It's just going to be a continued situation. I'm glad you made mention of of the police pension and the police um, pay. That's one. I believe that we have to look at that. We need to shift and change the di- the direction. I can't believe you're going to do a job effectively paying you $11 an hour. When you have doctors who are, you know, getting paid 220000 a year, you have teachers who's getting paid, you know, a little bit less than said police officers. I believe we need to shift. If we're going to hold them accountable, we need to make sure that their account is Accountable, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. when you let's say you're paying them sixty-five thousand a year, seventy thousand a year, they're going to do their job effectively because they're they're not willing to lose that for doing right. something stupid, or even having their colleagues do something stupid because you doing something stupid has put got me suspended without pay, and I need this. That's that's got to be something that we address as well. Yeah. Yeah. Police reform is necessary. Yeah. And then you pull your weapon, you know, now you're going to think about it. You're going to think about a whole lot of stuff before you unholster your weapon. I 
I just think that to what uh, I think that's oh, my bad. That's fair. Numbers, of course. Twin, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you on what you said. You know, I think um, a lot of it could be avoided if, if they just think and and thinking, changing mindset, praying to God, change hearts. Um, you know, God can do miracles and do anything, but if you can have things to have some kind of reform and have some things in place that just can make them think, and I think that's one of the main things right now is just if they think, hesitate. Before you do anything, just think and hesitate, um, especially when the situation doesn't call for an immediate reaction. And a lot of the situations that upset people is the ones where that immediate reaction of what they go to that ends up uh, killing someone is the part that's really damaged. Because you would like, if you could just take, think, take a beat, take a breath, I don't know what is in your mind that makes you see a situation this way when everybody else sees it that is not a heightened situation that you're making it become. Um, so, yeah, if things are put in place that, that can make them be held accountable, it will really truly make them start thinking before they react to that drastic of a measure, especially when a lot of those situations are not called for it to get to that level. Right now, what's your thoughts, my brother? One, I agree. Accountability, you know, and it starts off with the leadership. Like I like what um, Keisha Lance Bottoms did to, you know, rectify the situation. She took swift, immediate action based upon the information that she seen, and she felt like it was excessive. I agree. It was it was excessive. Right, other areas, other police chiefs were like, "Hey, I gotta see the video. I gotta. See, I haven't seen it. So how to? How, how haven't you seen it? I almost said something. I don't know if pastor's on the line still, but I almost said something. But like, you know, the the idea that the leadership to be number one held accountable again, their pension, their their finances, their money it needs to be tied to that as well, and the idea that business can just run as usual has to be gone in the wind. Like that can no longer be. And unless, so like, you know, Killer Mike, I was listening to something he said that I agree with and I remember back in Ohio they did or they brought in was, you know, kind of that adjuster, right? That person outside of the police force that came and looked into every police shooting, every, you know, homicide, every everything that happened on the police's dime just to help just to hold them accountable to the the people, the city, and to show some transparency. Like there needs to be like on that in that job, that profession, there needs to be as much transparency as possible. That's the reason for the body cam. And that's the reason a lot of what we're seeing now is being shown is because of, you know, kind of that, that, that open eye, that ability for the media or us, you know, in social media or sitting at home in these different neighborhoods to see what's going on in these streets to allow for us to make a, 
an educated decision on what side we're on when it comes to, you know, hey, was this right or was this wrong? I agree. I, I mean, agree. Kind of, Young. I mean, go ahead. no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please finish, bro. Oh, I was just saying, like, you know, we all have accountability partners, whether it's our mate, whether it's our, you know, family members, whether it's a mentor, whether it's, you know, somebody that's close to us as a brother, um, as twin is to you, quick, as pastor is to you as you are to pastor. Like, there's accountability people in your life that, you know, keep you, keep you, you well-rounded, so to speak, keep you thinking on the level that you that question that's not just yes man so to speak do believe that in a lot of these cities you have hey that's just the way the police roll that's just the way they do things and a lot of people are tired of that and until you have an outside eye overlooking what they're doing the cover-up isn't as easy as being done that's it go ahead Young Phil, what's your thoughts, my brother? I just, I, again, I'm soaking it in. I, I'm just trying to pick up all the game y'all got. I don't know. I, I don't really have too many words at the moment. Hey, I'm like that at times too, man. I promise you I'm like that at times too. These people give it to you, and, and they will have you pondering. Well, yeah. <laughs> Y'all already know it's 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 time to get to work, man. It's time to go out here and make a difference and make a change, especially with you know these perspectives. Um, not saying that all of them are right or all of them are wrong, but you got to work for you. Now you've been your tool has been sharpened to go out here and make a difference. You can swing your sword or you can have your shield. Either way it goes, there's work for you. Um, if everybody's hearts and mind clear, we can go ahead and pray it out and, and get to work. Heart and mind clear. Thank yes, you, Twin. Heart and mind clear. Right now, your heart and mind clear? Oh, for sure. Yes, sir. Well, Twin, yes, go ahead and My do your thing. Go ahead too. and pray us out, bro. All right. Uh, dear Holy Father, we thank you for this night, God. We thank you for allowing us to have this discussion tonight. God, we ask that you be glorified through everything that is going on, God. We know, like I said, everything happens for a reason and a purpose, but God, we are leaning and dependent on you to touch everybody that's being affected uh, by this situation, God. Touch the hearts, touch the minds of people, God. Let them know to love, love one another. And, Lord, let you be the first love. Let them love you so that you can do the change that needs to be done on the inside of them so that this situation can stop, this situation can turn around, and things will get better. We only can get better, God, if we look to you. For you are the hills which come without help, and all without help come from you, God. We ask you to continue to keep us protected and covered with your blood, as even with COVID-19 is going on, as the protests are going on, uh, even with the situation of, uh, brutality and cops and beating on people and just everything that's going on, God. Just continue to keep us protected, continue to keep us covered, and God, continue to allow us to speak your good name, God. So at the end of the day, God, you get the glory about all this situation, God. You will get the glory that we all continue to look to you and everything will work out the way you want it to work out, God. And God, we ask you to continue to lead God and direct us to be the voice pieces that you want us to be 
and continue to be with us and strengthen us as we go through this season, God. For your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. That concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, the number one, Mr. Quick, with our panel. Love each other. Love God. Take care of one another. Be safe and wash your hands. Peace. But I know